What's going on, Military Cash Flow family? How's it going, Mike? It's going all right, man. You know, uh, this morning I was woken up at 2 a.m. because somebody set something on fire in the parking garage, bro. Lord Jesus, there's a fire. Well, I know. We was outside. It was so loud, so annoying. But um, no, man, today's been good. Uh, I'm I'm blessed. After all of that kind of settled down, I've been starting working on golfing. I haven't golfed ever in my life. And now I've been golfing a total of four times, or at least I went to, you know, hit golf balls four times. But I'm really enjoying it, man. And it started off as like a networking thing, but I'm actually getting a little bit low-key addicted to trying to figure out how the hell to hit that damn ball, man. It is so challenging. Uh, but besides that, man, just focusing on golf and running into businesses, man. What about yourself? That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff, dude. I, I suck at golf, man. They say there's it's like hard. two sports that's kind of ageless sports. And, yep. and one is golf, right? You can golf at any age. Another one that that's a little bit less talked about in my is, is jujitsu, right? Mm. So that's that's one of those. Uh, that's, I guess that's my ageless sport that I'll probably do. I like jits, man. Um, nice. And I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit better at that as well myself. So yeah, nice. man, it's, it's good stuff. But uh, nothing much, nothing too much on this end. Um, you know, just uh, going through the daily, the daily rigmarole, if you will. Um, just staying patient, you know, and not really, honestly, nothing too interesting. I mean, we got some soccer yeah. games going on. My kids are playing soccer. We're, my kids are doing jujitsu, you know. Uh, so, you know, life is yeah, good yeah. right now. And I can't, nothing to complain, nothing super new. We're just in the battle rhythm and we're, we're doing it. I, I guess actually I, I got one little thing. So, um, I got a new property manager for, well, it's nice. not a new property manager, excuse me. So I've, I've had two property managers for, for the longest time and one I've been wanting to get rid of. Right. But they yeah. had this, like, it, it, it was just kind of difficult to get, to get rid of them. Finally got rid of them. And it, just because of the, the setup that they, it's a long story, but basically right. it was a little bit difficult to get rid of them. So I, I finally got rid of them, got my, my, uh, older property manager on the new on the newer place, right? This new quad, the newer quad. And uh, man, they're, they're making so many changes. It's just great, man. So much, there was some deferred maintenance that, you know, I didn't know about They're you know, they're um, pushing up rents from like 715 to 825 a unit, dude. Like that's exactly, I mean, I, I did, I didn't know. I haven't been like really, really uh, yeah, yeah. as involved, you know, they're, so they're getting some uh, tenants evicted and like, it's just, it's just going, uh, it's go- well, they already got the tenants evicted, excuse me. And they already got somebody moving in on the 15th. So Perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just going very, very well, man. Like it's going very, very smoothly. So I'm looking to, to see some serious cash flow in, um, in what you, it used to only cash flow like, like eight, like seven or $800 or so. Mm-hmm. And, and now I, with these new, um, rent adjustments. Once everything gets pushed up to eight uh, twenty-five, it'll it'll be closer to nine-ish, nine-ish to to almost a, a G. So I'm really I'm really happy about that, dude. I'm really nice. really happy about that. And uh, just just jumped up in equity or just jumped up in uh, price. I think that has to do with just the market right now. Yeah. But um, you know, got got a, a decent amount of equity built in this bad boy. So I'm 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 fine right now. I'm good. Way to do it, man. That's good. So pretty excited about that. But today's guest, we got Jason Birds. Um, and he is from Military Bottom Line podcast, mm-hmm. right? And he talks a lot to uh, younger service members who are um, who are thinking about uh, joining or they're, they're joining and trying to trying to help them make the best decisions um, to lead them to success. Right, Mike? Yeah, man. And, and there's a few key things that he really hits on. He talks about the real difference in, deci- in your decision-making process between like active duty and reserve and some of those missing components. But he also talks about not just using the benefits that we always talk about, but how to maximize the use of those benefits, right? He's talking about uh, how a GI bill can literally be the difference between a couple thousand and a hundred thousand dollars worth of value. So, I mean, he drops a lot of golden nuggets and I'm not even going to try to talk about everything he does. So instead, let's get right to it. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glasby. And this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now let's get started creating this military cash flow. 
What's going on, Military Cashflow family? Today we got Jason Bird who's going to be dropping some knowledge. Hey, uh, thanks so much for coming on, Jason. Uh, please let us know a little bit about yourself, who you are, and where you're from. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. I'm uh, I'm stoked to you know meet you guys. I already had a conversation with Mike, so it's uh, cool to go full circle on this. Uh, a little bit about myself. I grew up in Vermont, like that state that nobody knows exists up in New England. Um, and out of high school, decided to join the Marine Corps. Um, kind of a long story about that. I was like a horrible student in high school. I was like a C student at best. Uh, and kind of realized that like college wasn't for me. I was going to go to school, waste a bunch of money and probably get in trouble. So I started thinking about the military. Uh, I went to talk to the Air Force recruiter. And, uh, you know, they make their numbers super easily. And so he, he ghosted me on a meeting one day <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm waiting out in the cold up in Vermont and the Marine Corps recruiters like, you know, pokes his head out the window. He's like, Hey man, like you want to come in and stay warm in here. And I'm like, uh, thinking he's just being nice, you know, not, not giving any thought to his agenda. Uh, and then the rest is history. He suckered me in from there. And instead of joining the Air Force, I ended up in the Marine Corps at 17 years old. <laughs> um, Who would have thought, man, that, yeah, <laughs> that the yeah. Marine Corps co uh, coincidence would have just got you in there? You know, hindsight's 2020. They knew what that, they were doing. <laughs> that's a crazy story. That's a crazy story because I have a very similar story where I went to a um, I went to a Navy recruiter to go enlist. Right. Mm. They sent me to the ROTC program. Right. They, and I went to the Air Force ROTC program, the same exact thing that you're saying, like they had easy numbers and everything, yeah. but they also weren't really matching, you know, matching um, funds the way that the army was. Mm. But it was it was very, very similar where they were like, you know, we don't need you. So we're not we don't have to pay you any scholarship. You know, yeah, but the yeah. army was like, hey, uh, we got this money over here. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah. And, it, you know, if, if somebody wants the Air Force, like they got to be the ones that like they're patient and they, they wait, they wait it out until the, the recruiters actually willing to put in the work. <laughs> no shade to the air force though. No shade to any, any of the services. No, no, of course not. Yeah, you, you guys are kind of bougie, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead and <laughs> uh, yeah. So then I, I, I finished out high school, uh, left, uh, January, 2011 for boot camp. active duty, uh, ended up as a aviation operations specialist. Uh, didn't really, I didn't have any agenda when I went in. I was just like, I, whatever, you know, just send me. Um, and I ended up in California, Camp Pendleton, which ended up being like the sweetest freaking thing ever. Um, and so I had a, I got to my first unit and like found out it was a non-deployable, non-deployable unit. And I started to realize like, all right, this is this four years is going to look a little bit different than I expected and started thinking about like, how can I leverage this time to help me out, you know, help future me out in some way. Um, so I think after like the first four months there, um, you know, got the approval to start using TA. And so just started taking advantage of the opportunities that existed there. Uh, since I knew like I wasn't going to be leaving, you know, it was, it was, I was going to be there for, you know, my, my contract. It was kind of like a lot of people call it the black hole, you know, like <laughs> if your first contract's there, uh, you got to realist to actually do anything. So, you know, at the time uh, I kind of went through like some ups and downs with it, obviously like the culture of the the Marine Corps is like, if you haven't deployed, you haven't done anything. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's just kind of like a balance that you kind of figure out as you go. Um, but I knew that I was making moves for myself to ensure future success. Uh, Cause that's all that I could do at the time. So I, I worked hard, did my job, uh, pursued meritorious promotions, pursued boards, pursued college um, and stacked as much money as I could in the process to ensure whatever I did next, having no idea what it was actually going to be. Uh, I'd be set up for that. And so I uh, just enjoyed Southern California life, surfed, worked. And, you know, I like, I was kind of like the, I was, I was like barely in the Marine Corps. I was kind of like in the Air Force of the Marine Corps, if I'm honest. Um, and so I, I consider myself very fortunate uh, to, to have that experience. I've met the people I did and uh, I've, I've really enjoyed the military to this point. Now it's like 10 years in now and in different capacities, uh, active duty reserves and now the national guard. So it's been, it's been a ride and I've, I've enjoyed it. Nice, man. Now let's go, let's go back real quick to that, that uh, mindset shift that you mentioned, you kind of breezed over it. Like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a big deal. but, uh, but the, uh, you mentioned like the culture of the Marines, 
uh, says, hey, if you haven't deployed, you haven't done anything. Yeah. And to be quite honest, a lot of service members may feel that that stress, right? If I haven't went overseas or done my thing, then I truly haven't served. Yeah. What was that? Uh, well, talk a little bit more about that mindset, but then also what was the pivotal point for you to say, you know what? Let me take advantage of the opportunities that I'm presented and let me really focus on, you know, my professional development outside of just what the culture requires. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. Good question. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, at, at some point you just have to accept like whatever condition you're thrown into, like, and that, that is part of the military is accepting whatever they give you. Cause once you sign the contract, you don't really have a say in, in a lot of things. So, uh, you know, Semper Gumby kind of thing and, and remaining flexible in that sense. Um, and as far as like trying to find what opportunities existed, I don't even know really what led me to think like, okay, TA, you know, I, my parents, my family is like super gung ho about college, uh, you know, whatever on that. But I, you know, for me, it was like, it was free. And so to use TA or to rather to not use TA would be a waste of free money. And so if it's $4,500 a year that they're willing to pay towards my education, I'd be a fool not to take that $4,500 a year. And then I learned on top of that, like there's opportunities to, you know, use TA plus Pell Grant. And then you're able to get basically paid even more to go to school on active duty. And so I just, I mean, that is where I found the, my leverage as a barracks Marine, um, you know, with, with, you know, I, I didn't know anything about real estate investing at the time. I, you know, I never even thought of that, nor was I going to go buy a house in Southern California as a PFC, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, I think it was just, it was just considering, I've always had kind of a more of a long-term um, thought process and mindset, trying to think of like, what can I do now to make life a little bit easier down the road? Um, and, you know, by fortune, I guess, and, and I guess that's how I was raised, just kind of like have a little bit of a long-term mindset that, that helped me uh, pursue those opportunities and think of, you know, what would benefit me now kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's uh that's key to I mean just like just like you and Mike both both highlighted the that uh, stigma of hey if I've been deployed I haven't really done anything but um I really like that you know you, you took that opportunity and you're like hey let me let me develop myself a little bit um and make the best of the situation that 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 I have there's nothing that you can do to you know to change that right so the only yeah. thing you can do is to build upon where you're at and try to get to the next level and that kind of it. it seems like that's kind of a smooth transition by you having that discovery. I assume that you've um, you've noticed a lot of other soldiers or other Marines, excuse me, that have been kind of going through the same thing. Is that kind of what led you to starting to put this information out and, and, and highlight some of those, some of those things that you're talking about now or some of those things that you preach now in the, in the, in the, uh, the podcast? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody has their own reasons for not pursuing something, you know, like, and unfortunately, you know, I think we, most of us kind of join with a gung-ho attitude of, of wanting to do something great, make ourselves great. Um, and, you know, after boot camp, when you get to the fleet and it's, it, you, it's very easy to just kind of like revert back to the way you were. And so uh, I was fortunate that I kind of got stripped like through the training process, you know, made friends at boot camp, made friends in my schools. Um, but along the way, I ultimately got peeled away from all the friends I made. And I just found myself at Camp Pendleton having to make all new friends again, which at the time I was like, this sucks. Like, you know, that dude ended up with his friend. Um, but it enabled me and, and basically threw me into a, a group that was just really good for me. Um, you know, like people can, can make friends in bad groups that bring them down. Uh, and, and those people, unfortunately, like if you get in a bad group, you're, when you first join the fleet, like it's going to start you on a bad trajectory. And uh, you don't really think about the impact that that'll have long-term on your life. And so, you know, I just, I uh, thank God that like I, I found a good group, you know? And so uh, I think that those people that are when they're joining the fleet and they get there, think about who you want to become, think about like where you want your life to go. And if you're starting to hang out with kids that are going drinking every weekend or like doing stupid stuff, then just, you know, extrapolate that over 10 years or even just four years, a four year career uh, and, and think about like where that's going to take you. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it could be dangerous for sure. The, the uh, age old adage, uh, you show me your five people that you hang out with and I can yeah. tell you who you are without <laughs> really knowing. Right. So yeah. you want to associate, yeah. associate with people that you uh, that you aspire to be like essentially, or at least have the same mindset. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, I, and I will say you brought up a really good point. You know, you go through the boot camp and AIT and, you know, for many of us, especially the younger generation, or, you know, we're all young adults during that time, right. we're getting our first taste of freedom. We're getting our first taste of responsibility. We're going through our first real kind of tough situation and the bonds that we create in boot camp and in advanced individual training and job training, they actually are pretty damn tight. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're thinking in our mind that these are going to be our friends for, for life. Yeah. But then we get into that cycle, that wheel of the military and realize, hey, PCS every two years, every three years, right? Uh, we get deployments in different units and you realize that the military is actually a fairly, I don't want to say lonely place, but it is very, mm. uh, it's fast moving, yeah. right? And so you're constantly finding yourself having to refine friends, rep- re, you know, reposition yourself in the, in the right manner. And you yeah. said that you started off and luckily, luckily you found the right, uh, you found the right group for you. But what kind of uh, advice or tips would you give out to somebody else who's, who's always constantly searching for the right group and they can't necessarily control who they're with at mm. that time? when they get, uh, you know, PCS or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, in hindsight, I mean, I don't know. How, I don't know. I, I didn't, I was far closer with people outside of the people I worked with uh, than I was with the people I worked with. And I, you know, maybe that's just a personal preference. I don't, if I'm out at the office all day or in the, you know, on the field all day with these guys, like I don't always want to go home and drink with those guys. Hang you know, like I, I've, I've heard everything you had to say all day long. You're not going to say anything different tonight. Let me go like find somebody that's going to say something like that's going to challenge me or going to make me think a different way. So you don't have to hang out with the people you work with. And like, that's not to take away from like the camaraderie that is the military. Cause you know, that's all part of it. Um, but you know, jump outside the box a little bit, meet somebody out in town, meet civilians. Um, Cause eventually you're going to be a civilian again. So you don't want to, like totally give in to this military culture where when you get out, you don't know how to act like a normal human being, <laughs> you know? So I think uh, for me, it was really big. I started going to church out in town and that's where a lot of my friend base came from. Um, and, you know, a lot of them were vets, but you know, they were, you know, they've been out a while, a long enough that I could learn from them about their transition, some of the benefits they were using. Uh, you know, that's where I learned about house hacking initially. And so it's uh I, I think seeking friendship and, and relationships off a of base is, is a beneficial thing. Not to, not to take away from the, the good relationships, relationships you make at work and on base. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, finding that balance is important. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our military cash flow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. All right. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's too many times people feel like, uh, I mean, uh, I was just talking to one of the agents on our team not too long ago and she's, she's still fairly young and she keeps talking yeah. about, Oh, how frustrated she is with her friends. You know, she's hyper motivated, but her friends are doing this. Mm. And it's like, well, just like you said, you don't have to hang out with, yeah. you know, a certain group of people, regardless, whether you work with them, go to church with them, whatever the case is. Yeah. So you get to choose. And I, I love that you kind of highlighted that. And hopefully for those people who feel like they're trapped, that's listening, <laughs> that kind of clicked for them. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's definitely a hard transition, man. That, that what, what uh, Mike just talked, what you got, we're talking about right now, um, trying to find that right group of people. That's one of the hardest, uh, hardest mm-hmm. things to do. Um, and you mentioned you kind of went out and you, you didn't really want to hang out with the same people uh, that you hang out with all day. Hey, let's, let's talk about something different. Right. And you went yeah. to church. Where are some other places that um, guys listening could possibly go to find uh, some like-minded individuals? I mean, that, you know, that's a good question. That's something I'm dealing with now is kind of like, you know, uh, life is kind of reshifted. COVID's kind of trickling off and like, all right, where is my network now that people are actually like returning to life? Um, and so, I, I mean, it, I, I know there's all a, a, a personal preference, you know, like I'm not a big drinker, so I don't really care to meet people at the bars because that's their priority. I, you know, I like physical fitness, you know, I like doing things that are active. So if I'm surfing, I'll strike up conversations with people that are surfing. If I'm at a coffee shop, like doing homework or reading and somebody else looks like they're doing something productive, I'll talk to them. But, uh, I, like, I really like going to, I was on a drill weekend and I, by myself, I just go to like a fancier bar rather than a dive bar because you're going to meet successful people at the fancier bar rather than the dive bar. So you kind of just, you just uh, typically, um, I know I'm generalizing, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, I learned about a whole new business model at that. that I had one beer learned about this guy who ran a successful, uh, logistics company. And I'm like, dude, I didn't even know, like that was a, it was a great conversation. And so I think, you just kind of think about who you want to meet, what type of people you want to meet, what type of activities are you interested in, and then go those places. Dude, I love yeah. that. <laughs> think about all the privates, uh, and and not to not to not to <laughs> not to shit on the private, <laughs> but people in general who will go to the bar and meet somebody, uh, right? And then they're like, "Oh, wait a minute, why are you you know yeah. why are you cheating and going out all the time?" It's like yeah. well, you met them there. What you think? Yeah. So that's yeah. a good point. Go to the places, uh, you know, I always say with real estate um, for sales and for, for lead generation, um, they always say, well, where should I market? I say, well, if you were going to go fishing, you need to go where the fish are, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same concept there. If you're going to be looking to yeah. network, you know, go to where those opportunities are. I love that. Yeah. 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 I mean, you got conferences. Uh, that, that's where me yeah. and Mike met as, as yeah. well. It's like a perfect example. We're talking about building your network and, and meeting new people. I mean, go to those conferences, pay for the conferences. If they're a hundred bucks, man, you might meet a business partner for life, dude. Like, yep. you know, I, I had no idea. I was, I was, I was linking up with Mike and we we're going to start this podcast, you know, together, start this, this whole military cash flow thing. There's no, no way I would have known that, you know, but uh, had I, had I not went to that concert, that opportunity would have never presented itself. Right. Um, and I've met so many other great people, and I'm sure all, both of you can attest to the same thing. You meet so many great people at different places uh, by putting yourself in those situations and strategically aligning yourself with, uh, w- with people. Um, you, you find like-minded people pretty much, pretty much anywhere, but how Mike, to Mike's point, go where the fish are. You go to a 10X growth conference, you go to a, you know, a, a real estate conference or any other conference. I mean, these people are going there for a reason, right? Um, it's, it's very, 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 strong possibility that they have the same um the same mindset as you do right so it's very easy to uh strike up conversations and and build relationships out of those conferences and uh and meet up same thing with the ria meetups and um you know all, all the masterminds the same thing dude so definitely go take a part of those and and, and get involved yeah the, the conferences is something I'm, i've never done before i've never been to a conference because I mean, I've never had a job to send me to a conference. And I was like, well, I'm too cheap to pay for a conference. But now I'm recognizing like, all right, that's that cheapness on that kind of thing is holding me back. My cheapness about not buying a Camaro, that's a good thing. But I should pay the money to go to a conference and meet people. So, that, you know, that's that's a new thing that I'm, I'm learning developing. And now I'm willing to like spend some money on that kind of thing because I, I recognize the value there. I love it, man. That's exactly it. It's we have to figure out what is where's the value. You know, we have to be willing to pay for opportunities and for value when it actually makes sense. Mm. Um, Networking, self-education, you know, uh, professional development, all those things definitely make sense. Um, And all that professional development on on that, you know, sense of essentially making yourself better. Your podcast is geared towards people considering joining the military. Right. And a lot of times when people join the military, they're looking to, 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 to try a new adventure and make themselves better. Mm-hmm. What do you find is the most common reason or most common question that you face when they're saying, hey, you know, I'm looking to join the military. 
what? What is what? You know, what, what was the most common question that you're finding nowadays? You know, I wouldn't even say there's a common question. And like I, I've said a couple of times, like I, I'm not a recruiter. I don't, I don't care if you join the military or not. I just know that compared to the alternative of, you know, 17, 18 year olds taking out massive loans and going to college for whatever reason, um, it is a, it's a very good way to set yourself up for the long run. Um, and so like, I, I am fortunate to have fallen into it. Nobody like told me that when I joined. Um, but to those that are thinking, like, it's not like one question that they are looking for an answer for. They, there is obviously a hesitation to trust recruiters. And so like, I've done some calls, uh, just zoom calls with people that, you know, drop a question on YouTube or something. I offer a zoom call, uh, you know, whether they're pursuing a specific route, like how to become a pilot or, if they just kind of want to hear some unbiased reassurance of like, this is how it works. And you know, the recruiter's not totally lying to me. Um, and then, you know, other people that are like dealing with their parents wanting them to go to college instead. And so just kind of like reaffirming the things that are true, but also letting them know, you know, there are, there's always the downsides. There's always the, the reality of the military that you have to accept and, and deal with. Um, but it's, it's not, you know, I wish you were as simple as like, there's one question that I could just answer right. uh, and, uh, and, you know, help everybody out. But it's, it's case by case, just like everything else, you know? <laughs> yep. so, like so let's you. transition really quick to, to your podcast and what you're talking about. I mean, we've yeah. kind of hinted at it a little bit, but military bottom line, right? Where did that start at and why was it created? <laughs> what, what, what was the reason for that? Um, you know, so I, bottom line is obviously a, an accounting term. And so I bottom started line. it. Yeah. <laughs> I started it thinking like, all right, there are way too many young enlisted people making just horrible, horrible financial decisions that will set them back years if they ever actually recoup from these decisions. Um, and so originally I wanted to talk to current service members or veterans about like, how to help these guys and girls financially in that first four-year contract. Cause I think it really only takes one contract to like put you, you know, decades ahead of what you would have done if you went to college. Um, and so it started off that way, but then I found out like, I don't really agree. It's hard to find somebody I agree with every week about what they did with their money. Cause I like, I'm maybe on the next level of like being cheap, uh, <laughs> and so, and so I, you know, I, it kind of turned into more general opportunities. Like what, what did you do in your time in the military that you didn't know existed when you joined, but you, you found out along the way. And so kind of like talk to people about like schools they went to places they went to, uh, jobs they didn't know existed, you know, how to take advantage of tuition assistance or different opportunities and benefits. Uh, and, and a little bit, it, you know, I still haven't found my exact niche kind of like you, you guys mentioned. Um, and at times it feels more of a conversation that, um, like if you were to sit, like I, I, I worked at a cafe when I was in high school and it, like this old guy was like, Oh, like my nephew's in the army or something, go talk to him. And I'm like 16. I'm like, I'm not going to go reach out to a stranger to ask these questions. So it's kind of like a, an effort to be a placeholder for that conversation, you know, ask these questions, figure out what their experience is like, figure out how they used it to get ahead. Um, because you know, if you do four years and you're not in a better position than you were when you first joined, then like, what are you doing? You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of my thought process on it. Yeah. Thank you. I like it, man. I like what you're doing. Um, you're putting out a, a tons of value for, for those service members that just like you said, are thinking about doing it and what it's doing. I've looked through, um, a bunch of, or I've, I've listened to a couple of podcasts, but I haven't listened, obviously I haven't, I haven't listened to every single one of them. You got like, no episodes, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm making my way through, but, um, what I do like is that you're highlighting individuals, right. And you're giving them uh, a peek into what this field looks like or what, what you could do with this option. Right. So um, a lot of times that's the hardest thing for someone to, to figure out, you know, it's, it's hard to, 
especially if you don't have anyone like I'm, you know, no one in my family's joined the army. So I don't know anything about like different branches or I don't know what this culture is like, or I don't know what my lifestyle is going to be like once I join. Yeah. I can look online. I can see how much money I'm going to be making, or I can see how much, you know, like uh, some of the things, some of the places I might be stationed at, but it's a different story. It's a different uh, feel when you get someone's story right and, and they're telling you firsthand their experiences being in the field that you potentially might want to be in right so yeah. um, I think that's that's really important and I love that you're highlighting those stories on top of just giving general you know the, that general information for uh, other service members out there because just like you man we're just trying to help other service members out make better more informed decisions um, to eventually lead to success right yeah yeah absolutely yeah I mean uh you know, you can watch a bunch of movies, you can listen to a bunch of cool guy podcasts and like, but dude, like so few people in the military are actual cool guys <laughs> and the military is not really like the movies at all. So, you know, to, you, it's so hard to get a, a decent picture of what the life is like. And you're, you're just like, I went in so blind, like, it's just ridiculous, you know? And I'm just very fortunate that, you know, it went pretty well for me. Um, Cause it, it doesn't go well for everybody that goes in blind. And so I just want less people going blind and kind of go in day one with a plan, uh, whether or not they stay in for four years or 20 years, uh, you know, take advantage of it and, and do well. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, Dan already mentioned that we really love what you're doing because it's the, it's the young mind that's easily influenced. Mm. Just like you said, the military life, the military persona has been so romanticized over the yeah. years. You know, just like you said, not of the cool guys are cool guys. And even the guys <laughs> that have cool guy jobs aren't cool guys. <laughs> like, it's not that yeah, yeah. way. And yeah. uh, it, it, it sucks when somebody pours their life and their mm. energy into something and their expectations are way up here. And then reality just slaps the living shit out of them across the face. It, it, you know, especially being that young, Again, results yeah. in into you know mental issues that we have within the community and everything else. So you, yep. what you're doing is is excellent. Um, now you've said this several several times. Now you said uh, you know one contract can put you way ahead of mm -hmm. where you would have been with college. You you say that there's so many benefits. You say that you know if you use the things correctly, the military can set you up for success. Yeah. Talk us through. Talk the audience through. What do you mean by one contract can set you apart? And go, go into some of those little details of those things that you really noticed that can kind of accelerate somebody's personal life. Sure, sure. So, I mean, one, we like we all know there's a lot of there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of hurry up and wait, you know. And the the standard is to pull out your phone and like play a game or like text your girlfriend or swipe on Tinder, like nothing, absolutely nothing productive, you know. And so it's like, dude, you could have a Kindle in your pocket. You could like have so, or even just your phone and just be more disciplined. Like there, you can use that time to learn. And even just something as simple as the additional time that like one thing I like to talk about is just saving money. Like if you get out of the military debt-free and instead of focusing on like buying a Camaro, that's going to cost you 500 bucks a month, but instead like saving that 500 bucks a month or starting to contribute to a Roth IRA at 18 years old, and you're maxing that out from 18 years old, that compound interest over the next 40 years is going to like far surpass, you know, anything you could have done with your college degree in communication and starting earning maybe 50 grand at like 22 years old. So like taking advantage of that extra time and earning early uh, will make a big difference down the road. And like, as you plan, cause like th that transition, no matter, like I, I thought I was ready, it was still difficult, you know? Uh, and so thinking about and strategizing like, okay, a GI bill is 36 months, but it's way harder. And like grad school is way more expensive than undergrad. Is it really smart to get out day one and rely on my GI bill and use all my GI bill for my undergrad when maybe I'm going to going to need graduate school to get to where I want in my career. So it's like, don't use your GI bill day one, use FAFSA, use scholarships. There's, there's all kinds of discounts out there. I mean, I went to a California community college. It was $45 a credit for the community college. It's like, there were people using their GI bill for that. It's like, why would you use your GI bill for $45 a credit, you know? Yeah. And so just kind of thinking like, there's an opportunity cost to everything. And so whether it be your GI bill, which is essentially one big blank check. Yes, you have to use it for a certain category, 
but it's still a massive blank check essentially. And you could use it for $10,000 in value, or you could use it for hundred thousand dollars in value. So I just kind of thinking about the opportunity cost, like everything you do in that four years is going to have an opportunity cost, whether it be compound interest or, you know, either paid to you or paid to the freaking dealership, whatever you want to do, um, you know, saving and being frugal at that time. It's, it's like, I'm still reaping the benefits from my four years active duty. And it's been like eight years out now. So it's, it's just, I mean, I yeah. We like to buy charges over here. No Camaros, you know, so. yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever. pick your poison, man, whatever you want. <laughs> Man, so you you hit on a really good point there. The I mean, the GI Bill is something that I highly recommend everybody use at some point in their life yeah. if they don't use it to pass it off to their kids. Yeah. Uh, but you you hit on a key note that I don't think is really spoken about often. It's the uh, opportunity cost, mm. and literally a GI Bill can get you a degree across the board, right? Yeah. But yeah, forty five dollars a credit or hundred Yeah, I I have found my like I did one GI Bill video it was like one of the first videos I did on YouTube, and it's like. It's gotten tremendous feedback and I, it's led me to dig into more GI Bill resources. And like, mm-hmm. you can go to Harvard Medical School completely free using your GI Bill and a Yellow Ribbon program. Yep. 100% that's free. That's or legit how my wife it. paid for law school. What's <laughs> that? That's legit how my wife paid for law school. See? Exactly, man. So that's worth like a quarter million dollars or something crazy. Or you could use it at your community college and save like 10 grand. Maybe. It's like, it's a no brainer. So, but the only way you're going to have that opportunity to make that decision is if you are frugal and saved money and planned ahead so that you could survive those first year or two outside of active duty, going to a community college, using scholarships and Pell Grant and like maybe working a part-time job, you know? Yeah, I, I did the same. I, I used tuition assistance, worked a part-time job uh, to pay for my bachelor's saved mm-hmm. my entire GI Bill. It gave me a, a master's from a pretty decent school, uh, uh, UNC at Chapel Hill. Nice. And the CCIM designation is going to also be completely covered by the GI Bill. So awesome. I was able to get all of that covered. And, and you're exactly right. It's just, you know, but obviously hindsight being 2020, yes. we can look right. back and say, yes, we made great decisions. We had the foresight to do so. But I think, you know, for everybody who's listening, who's kind of stuck in that situation, take that piece of advice right there and really apply it when mm. you're thinking about your next steps, especially in the, in the terms of a formal education. I think that is, that's priceless right there. Yeah. 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 I appreciate that. Yeah. The, the GI bill is un, unfortunately underutilized and like yes. even the ones that do use it, they could use it far more effectively, you know? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So we talked about the schooling, right? That's one of those, one of those, um, things that people can think about as they're trying to join the military are the young mm-hmm. minds, right? The younger shoulders. Um, it, it, it's not even just the younger soldiers. I mean, younger officers are the same way. I see, <laughs> see them doing silly things yeah. as well. They're but, not always um, any smarter, you know, <laughs> that, you're right. So, so that's one thing. Um, we got the, the education portion. What are, what are some other things? I mean, we, we got, I think you're taking advantage of one right now with, with the house hacking piece, right? So yeah. Speak about that a little bit. So this is, yeah, the house hacking, you know, I, I, I've only gotten so bold recently, you know, like to me before taking on a mortgage was like, uh, you know, I, I ain't, I ain't there yet, you know? Um, and I, I wish I was a little bit bold on it earlier when I first got out, but, uh, my wife and I bought a house hack duplex up in Vermont, uh, end of 2019, which I was like, man, you know, it felt like the top of the market then, but <laughs> thankfully it wasn't. <laughs> um, and so it's been, uh, it's been, yeah, it's been a wild ride. You know, I, Started, we got married. I was crushing bigger pockets, um, podcast episodes like all the time, trying to figure out like, I don't want to get married and live in an apartment for you know who knows how long. Um, and so we were we were paying like fourteen hundred bucks a month for a one bedroom apartment as newlyweds, and I'm like, we're just like determined, like we have to find minimum of a two unit. We'll look at four units, like you know two, three, and four units. Um, couldn't find anything on the MLS, and so we're you know, I, I went to my town uh, tax assessor, asked for a list of like every multi-unit property you have in the town, the addresses. We started writing letters to all the out-of-state owners. Like we were, we like, we were determined, like, we're going to find something. Um, so, you know, every day we come home from work, like, all right, we're each writing five letters, like handwritten, send about, let's go. Um, those led to a lot of great conversations and like meeting some people never actually materialized. We did end up finding one on the MLS that we went through. 
and uh, like on bigger pockets and generally the real estate people like analysis by paralysis or paralysis analysis, whatever it is, you know, um, I, I really didn't want to find myself like in that spot. And so like, basically I decided like, we're just going to send it at some point we just had to send it. And, uh, I, the Brandon on bigger pockets talks a lot about like the first deal doesn't have to be a home run. Just don't lose money. Essentially. I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. Like we're paying 1400 bucks a month right now for a one bedroom. As long as we're like, you know, on par or better than that, like we'll make it happen. Um, so we kind of bought a, like a fixer upper duplex. Uh, we've been, you know, did all kinds of DIYs to it. Uh, now we're, you know, we were originally doing, I think 700 after, you know, the house hack rent coming in 700 for a three bedroom was able to refinance it. And now it's like 400 for a three bedroom. So like, it's just been, it's been awesome, you know? And uh, I've learned so much about the DIY portion of it that like the whole intimidation when you see kind of a grungy property is now like not even a thing, you know, because I, I have way more confidence in my ability to fix these things than I did before. So how did you finance that? VA loan. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. yeah. So that. So that's, that's that piece, that's that the same piece. So we talked <laughs> to education, but no, no, you're good. And I, I love the story. I was going to kind of yeah. get into that anyways, but, yeah. um, but yeah, so we talked the education piece, right? That these are just advantage things that people should be thinking about while, while, you know, that first four years, right. Yeah. Um, the education piece, how they're going to, how they're going to, um, uh, leverage that. Right. And then also the, the wealth building aspect of you buying a home with a VA loan. Right. Um, and, in the reason why I highlighted that your house hacking is because you can buy the, you can buy the home with a VA loan, 0% down, right? You can do the fix, the, the, you know, fix it up a little bit. You can rent the other one side out. You can live in the other side. And then you also get to pocket your BAH, right? Yeah. So that's another thing that we talk about very, very often um, on the show for those that are active duty, right? If you're in mm -hmm. your first contract. There's no reason why you can't do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so that, those are just, those are just options that, that I really wanted to highlight. And I love that you took it and you went and you did the fixer upper route, you know, the burst strategy, if you will, cause you refinanced it and everything. So yeah, it wasn't, um, it what didn't start off as a burr. We just took advantage of the low interest rates, you know, <laughs> but it worked, man. And, it and, worked. Honestly, yeah. and honestly, most of the things in real estate, you know, you, you purchase it, you know, pretty well up front, or at least you have a strategy mm -hmm. and then you take an opportunity that's presented to yourself later on down the road. And that's really what makes it a home run. Yeah. But uh, what I, I just kind of want to reiterate what Dan said for the audience, guys, listen, for everybody who's 16 through 18 and you're thinking, hey, should I join the military or not? You guys can go to college. You absolutely can. And, and skip the military route and figure out a way to finance it through scholarships, through grants, through working your ass off or through student loans. Mm. And when you get out, you'll have a nice degree and you can search for a job or like Jason's talking about, we can go and we can join the military. We'll now have our college paid for. We'd be able to go ahead and use all these other benefits to include VA loan, free health, all these other services and things of that nature, BAH, BAS, and you have an actual job. Now, four years later, same scale. You can either, you both of you got a degree, but one of you has no debt, a house. You see what I'm saying? All these other things, a retirement account through a savings plan. And not to say, I'm not like pushing anybody to join, but just, just look <laughs> yeah. at the opportunity there. Four years, everybody's like, ah, four years. Four years in the grand scheme of things ain't nothing. It goes by like that. Every single one of us, Jason, you said you did 10 years, right? Uh, yeah, I've been in 10 years now. It's okay. like- for Gone, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> just disappear like that. It goes by so fast. And I think, you know, a lot of times when you're, especially the younger selves, especially all of us, I'm sure you guys felt the same way in high school. I was like, oh, oh, I can't wait to be an adult. Oh, this is taking so long. <laughs> soon as I'm done, I'm it's like, man, where yeah. the hell did time go? I got yeah. hair. I'm bald now. My back hurts. Dan yeah. grabbed the pillow. I, we saw that. Man. <laughs> I I saw saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Your back hurts too, man. Uh, too funny. <laughs> that lower back's a problem. But but the key thing to to piggyback, like you know, every, everybody in the army, you everybody heard that on the safety <laughs> breeze, right? To piggyback off piggyback off what the commander says, you know. Yeah. Hey, but to piggyback off of what Mike says, right? Hey, the the, the biggest thing there in that success building. Uh, journey is you got to go in with a plan, right? Mm -hmm. So, so just because you join the military doesn't mean you're going to be set, uh, set up for success. 
you got to go in there with a deliberate plan, man. Like how are you going to utilize these, uh, utilize these benefits and, and, and use them to your advantage. Right. Um, cause there's a lot of people that are joining the military and they're thinking that, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be great, but they don't have a plan. And then they get out in the same position that they were in, maybe even in more debt yep. or maybe put out, you know, and they didn't want to be put out. You know what I mean? So hanging out with the bad crowd, like Jason was talking about earlier. Right. So yeah. the, the key thing there is to make sure that you start with a plan. Same thing with the real estate, you make your money on your buy, right? Same thing with this, you know, you, don't join the military unless you have a plan for, for how you're going to, uh, to get out after your first contract. Yeah. I, I think also I've recognized, cause I, I was guilty of too, when I first got out was like, like my Marine card, like my veteran card will like get me into where school I want, or like, it'll, it'll open these opportunities, you know? And then you get out and you're like, wait a second. Like everybody over here is a Marine. Like nobody gives a rip what I did or like how long I've been in or that I was a Marine. Like, dude, like you have to prepare for more than just that. Like that is only going to get you so far and it mm-hmm. won't even get you that far, you know? So <laughs> you got to make your own path, make your own name, make your own way. And don't rely on like this veteran card thinking it like, Oh, I'll write an essay and it'll get me into like a cool school or something like that. It it doesn't work like that. So you have, you have to prove your worth outside of that veteran card. That's a really, really good point. Strong point. That's an excellent point. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. <laughs> how many times I've heard, you know, the, the freaking fire dude, the freaking fire PFC, like, oh yeah, my buddy just got out. And, you know, uh-huh. we're, we were, uh, or a mortar maggot or wh- whoever it is. Right. It's like, yeah, man, I'm getting out making six figures, dude. Like, uh, because of my experiences. <laughs> like, no, nah, man. Yeah. yeah well, you know, that's also a little bit the recruiter's fault. Like, oh, like this job yes. outside does this. And it's like, all right. You know, it's not a hundred percent that PFC's fault. Maybe they got a little bit uh, misconstrued along the way, so they got to make sure that they they fact check the fact checkers. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good point because honestly, it's beyond the recruiters. Think about how many parents are out there yeah. that that for the for the parents that are encouraging people to join because obviously you have both sides of the coin. But I mean, even my dad um, was like, "Son, if you join the military, you'll get this, you'll get that. You know, when you get out." Hell, you could just go be a police officer. You'll be shoot. You'll be a shoe in, right? And <laughs> yeah. it's this weird misconception that not only the service members have, but for some reason, a lot of society has as well. Mm. That's not the case. That is not yeah. the case. You're exactly right. You have to set yourself apart because it once thirty Marines get out, thirty sh- soldiers, thirty airmen all get out at the same time and all yeah. go for applying for the same job. Yeah. Who's gonna win? You yeah. know what I mean, it's all the same. So yeah. it's a really good point. Yeah, man. Hey, so let's let's dive in um, into a, a little bit more into the real estate thing. I just had a, a couple yeah. more questions, right? Sure. So you're so you got out, or you didn't get out. You you you're in the reserves, right? I'm in the guard now. So I, the, okay. yeah, I left active duty, go to the IRR voluntary drill status. That's going. I kind of realized, like, wait a second, there's like way more opportunity than just active duty. I didn't think I was going to be in this long, but I just kind of kept on keeping my foot in the door, and here I am. <laughs> so actually scratch the real estate thing. Why did you decide to do that? Uh, all right. So I, yeah, I, I, like, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Like that was my childhood thing. And so I, I left active duty thinking like, all right, let me start this road. It's going to be a long one. It's going to suck, whatever. But then like a year and a half in internship at the hospital, whatever. I'm like, this sucks. Uh, but though I skipped something. So on my way out of active duty, there were these cops that came from upstate New York every winter in like February, they left upstate New York came to San Diego for some like drill days. And I'm like asking them like, what, like, what are you? How are you coming here? Like for a month and then you leave, what is this? Um, and that's when I learned about the IMA individual Marine augment, which is basically you drop to the IRR, you know, like you got four years active, four years IRR time, and it's a non obligatory drill status. So essentially you drill with an active duty unit that is willing to bring you on but you're in the IRR. If you do it for a day and you say, I don't want to do this anymore, you just stay in the IRR and you can, you can just like not come to work the next day. Um, and so they told me about that opportunity. I'm like, I'd be an idiot to like, it's not, there's no obligation. Why would I not? Um, and so, because I was going to school in California, like I was living right next to Pendleton anyways, I'm like, this is, this is like, let's try it out, whatever. And, uh, I ended up, it ended up being a great summertime job. Essentially I go to school all year round, do nothing with the Marine Corps for a year. And then I go work full-time for two months. 
and then I go back to being a student and then do nothing for a whole year and then go back to school. And, and when you when you, you only got paid when you were working, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still great. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I just want yeah. to make sure. OK, cool. But, yeah. but it, it enabled just because of like where the, you know, the the, the anniversary years and points and it gets, you know, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. you oh, guys yeah. know. Yeah. But because of where the school year felt with my anniversary year, I was able to just work for two months in the summer and it would give me a satisfactory year towards retirement. And like, I got all the points. I did what they wanted me to do. Then I go back to school and I focus on that. And then I just realized like, wait, like how does this even exist in the military? This is an unbelievable amount of flexibility. I never even knew could exist. Uh, and so that's kind of when I was like, let me keep finding out like what more exists in the military. Uh, and so then I just kind of keep pursuing the next opportunity and finding the next thing and seeing what exists. And, you know, I haven't had a good reason to just cut the cord yet. So I'm like, let me just keep going. So that's so worked in, out. So you're in Vermont and then every, every, uh, once a summer or whenever you want to, right. Cause it's not obligatory. You, you to go to back to California and then go, so I did that for a little bit. Um, and then I ultimately switched over to the national guard just cause logistics wise made it gotcha. easier. And so one thing I want to highlight for the audience is you, you, you said it, but, uh, you wanted to be a doctor mm. and then now, you know, things change. Yeah. Everybody who feels lost in the world and feels <laughs> like, Oh, but I was supposed to be this. Believe yeah. me. All of us feel the same. I, I still don't know what I want to be when exactly, I grow up. You know? <laughs> exactly. So everybody who's always concerned, like, oh, this has to be the path. This has yeah. to be the plan. Don't beat yourself up. Things always change. So I just wanted to highlight that. And then the second thing is that, I mean, hell, you went from active to the non-obligatory IRR status. Mm. Beautiful. Then you moved over to the guard, right? And there's so many ways that if you truly want to serve in one way, shape, or another, or if you really want to get some of those benefits the military has, there's so many ways to slice that pie. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many opportunities out there uh, for you to, to do it, but not necessarily full on commitment mm -hmm. um, uh, or not. And I wanted to ask you, based on your active time, your non-obligatory reserve time and your National Guard time, what would you say is probably the biggest difference besides actually the time commitment, right? The biggest difference. And what would you say would be a personality's choice that would be a best fit for each, if that makes sense. Mm, so, so I have like, this is also something that I try to, if I were to talk with everybody who's thinking about joining, I would like figure out like, what do you, what are you actually joining for? Because mm -hmm. if, if it's school, if it's, you know, if you have a certain reason why you're joining, not just cause like you're lost in the sauce, there is a most effective and efficient route for you to go. If it's because you want school, and you, you just want to go to school for free and get like an MD, there is an, like the most effective way for you, you know? And so I, you know, what I encourage somebody to go to active duty versus guard or reserves, like it's all case by case. And so I think, you know, for some people, the guard out of the gate might be the best option for other people that just need to get out of their hometown and get out of Dodge, like active duty hands down is the best option. Um, so I think that that's part of like doing your homework and like talking, like I'm not like self plug, but like, that's kind of like, I've been doing the, a little bit of consulting trying to feel like, what do you want in the military? Okay. Like, let's stop wasting time. Like you don't need to do four years to get school and paid for for free. There's a better way to go about it where you can just get school paid for right now. And then like, go what, do whatever you want to do. Um, so yeah, as far as the, the biggest difference, um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a hard one. I mean, I, I like the guard because every, like everybody for the most part in the guard, who's a traditional guardsman has their own separate ventures, you know, like they're, they're doing whatever they're doing a civilian career. Uh, and, and obviously they have to like prove a certain amount of worth to be able to survive in the civilian world which I'm, you know, no, no, hey, on the active duty, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, it's some people, they get really comfortable in active duty. Uh, not everybody. Uh, so I want to make that clear, but like, it's just, I think that leadership is a little bit different. Um, not always better, but sometimes they, they bring some like civilian experience into the workforce that, that can be uh, promising. Uh, but, you know, you still have the active duty components of the guard that can kind of like, ahead so like you know what's the main difference 
I probably should have thought of that question before, but you know, that's what, that's what we're it's here a good for. question. Throwing, it's a good question. Curveballs, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think I think you stated it. I mean, what to me, you know, just kind of uh, rephrasing what you said was that the the difference would be the type of and maybe insights, right, or mm. um, contributing factors in the guard are going to be they're going to vary because yeah. you do have those civilian experiences from their professional careers coming in versus. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I, so if people don't know, I was in the guard originally before I went to active duty and active duty, when you're E8, master sergeant, first sergeant, or whoever, when they're coming down, all, every single one of their story references are back in 03, back in 06, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But I could, I, and in the guard, somebody may come in and be like, Hey guys, over at the Goodyear plant, this is how we operate for mm -hmm. this thing. So, so the varying, uh, perspectives, there you go. Um, I yeah. think it's probably a really good point. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that, it's, it's funny that you guys mentioned that because uh, my wife has been, she was in the reserves for about like 10 or uh, 10 to 12 years prior to joining, uh, going active, right? And throughout that time, that's one thing that I know, because I would go around her unit every now and again. And that's one of the, the main things that I noticed is that, uh, you know, you'd have, you'd have like a specialist or a private that was like a city elected official, mm -hmm. you know, or like, like legit, like an attorney, like a big, you know, big time attorney. And there's, they're there for, they, some of them were there for like healthcare reasons, you know, cause you get really, really uh, good healthcare in the reserves or it's a lot cheaper than the outside. Um, but that, that was always kind of strange to me, um, you know, cause on the active duty side, you know, there's a, there's a, a different feel when you're talking to different uh, like if you're talking to like lower enlisted or even you're talking to like uh, like junior officers than you are when you're talking to like senior uh, senior um, officers or senior NCOs. Right. But in the reserves, it wasn't like that. It was it's mm -hmm. like uh, at least when I was around that unit. Right. Um, I, I would talk to certain people, but everyone uh, it seemed like everyone had a general understanding of of a different level of like uh, respect and, and kind of I don't know, like a, something about them, you could tell it's like, all right, well, this person clearly has experience, not just not just in the military, but they clearly have experience right. in life, yeah. right? And you can always tell when you're talking to someone that has like experience, like life experiences, right? That they can bring versus someone who doesn't really have as many life experiences. For example, you know, in the, in the uh, active, active duty, we'll talk a lot about, um, you know, hey, we got to do your your health and wellness inspection. You know, we got to come to your to your barracks and actually check and make sure you're living okay and you're actually clean. Like these little simple things. Yeah. Well, you know, when I talk to those people over there in the reserve, it's like, what do you mean you got to come to my house? I'm a grown ass yeah. man. You know, like, like what, what are you talking about? I've been paying my bills for a long time. Like these, there's a lot of different nuances that's different there. So that's uh, it's just it's just funny that you say that. I'm now just really thinking about that. So. Yeah, one one of the unique things about the guard, everything I understand is that you can join the guard like as long as you can retire before sixty, you can join. So you can have forty year olds like join, and they're like a PFC. And it's like I just need healthcare. Let me join the guard. And it's like, like dude, you're not gonna talk to a forty year old like they're an eighteen year old private. Like yep. you know, so there there is definitely that dynamic difference with the guard that does not exist in active duty for sure. Great. All right. So um, we talked, we talked some great things here, just uh, especially, I, I think this episode was mainly for, you know, those who are, who are thinking about joining or those in their first four years of the contract, which I think is phenomenal because I don't think too many people speak, uh, speak to that specific audience, right. Directly to them uh, in regards to the benefits that you can have and how you can set yourself up for success. But um, with, with that said, we're going to start wrapping up just a little bit. Uh -huh. And uh, if there was, if, if you had one piece of advice that you could give to someone that's in there, that first four year worth of a contract or about to thinking about joined joining just one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, I would say read total money makeover by Dave Ramsey. I think laying that foundation as a young enlisted in the first contract, you know, like you're going to graduate from that mindset, but if that is your foundation, I think you, you'll do well. And so you know, you, you start there, remain debt free, save, start that retirement plan, uh, and, and graduate from there, but, but use that as the foundation. I actually really like that, man. I, I haven't heard that yet, but I mean, that's a great financial perspective to come straight out the gate, uh, with there's so many books out there guys. So don't get overwhelmed with all the financial knowledge mm -hmm. that, you know, is out there. 
um, is accessible. Find something very similar to like Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman. I really don't care who it is, but find something and just understand what the principal practices are. Have yeah. that foundation, just like Jason's talking about, which would be fit. I mean, that, that, that would set you up. If I had my mind right then, <laughs> oh, it'd be a whole, it'd be a whole different ball, uh, ball game now. Yeah. So obviously um, you have a podcast, you have a platform, you have social media, a ton of people are going to want to reach out and they're going to want to, to see the type of tips and insight that you have. So how can people find you? Cool. Yeah. Uh, my, I got YouTube, I've got Instagram, military bottom line, uh, the podcast military bottom line exists on all podcast platforms. Uh, but you know, I spend most of my time on, on YouTube, Instagram. And so that Instagram is the best way to send me a message. If you want to chat, if you got any questions, uh, but I've, I've been trying getting more consistent with posting on YouTube in addition to just the podcast, posting things about, you know, education benefits, different VA benefits. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of resources on there. I love it guys. And, and if you guys all the military cash flow family, you guys know that this is all love here, right? There is no competition. <laughs> we are all here trying to help spread the message and spread the information to the veteran community. So please, everybody go check out his page, all of his social medias, YouTube, go like, go subscribe. And with that being said, Dan, what should they do with our channel? <laughs> hey, do the same thing, man. If you listen to it on podcast, leave us an honest review. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button, the subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you can get these great episodes and hear these great people like Jason Birds. Um, the dude looks like a model over here, man. You could tell he was yes, in California for like guy, the man. longest time, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, so if it, just just do those things. If you um, would like, join the Facebook group. We have a very large uh, group of service members that are helping each other build wealth and create cash flow through real estate. So uh, please join the Facebook group. And then uh, lastly, if you're looking for a realtor in your area, regardless of where it is, where it's at, and you want an investor friendly and military friendly um, uh, realtor to, to help you along your re, uh, your real estate journey, please let us know. Go to militarycashflow.com, 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 and uh, hit the little real <laughs> hit the little realtor tab there, and uh, we'll we'll help you out. You like what I did there? <laughs> so, so like you you practiced that in your mirror for the past week. It sounded like. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, and with that, um, this is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby signing off.